of the podcast series on the Commission stated decisions on the Dutch and German coal phase-out in the energy transition context under the Florence School of Regulations Energy Union Law podcast series. For all who have not listened to the first two episodes on the Commission's approvals of the Dutch coal exit and the German hard coal tender mechanism, we would like to introduce ourselves once more. We are Dr. Clemens Ziegler, Rechtsanwalt, German attorney at law and founder of the law firm Ziegler Stated Antitrust. Ziegler Saad in Brussels. And Cecilia Borelli, Avvocato, Italian Attorney at Law and Associate at Ziegler Saad. In our previous episodes, we have talked about the recent European Commission decisions regarding stated measures to set up national aid schemes to compensate operators for the closure of hard coal-fired power plants in the Netherlands and Germany. In this episode, to the contrary, we will discuss the Commission's recent stated decision to open a formal investigation procedure with regards to the German Ignite phase-out plans, which were passed with the coal phase-out law of 2020. The same law that also deals with the German hard coal phase-out, which we addressed in our previous podcast episode. To reach the EU climate objectives for 2030 and 2050, under the recently adopted EU climate law with a 2030 climate target of at least 55% reduction of net emissions as compared to 1990, it is critical to further decarbonize the energy system. To that end, a power sector largely based on renewable sources must be developed, complemented amongst others by a rapid phasing out of coal and lignite. In November 2020, the European Commission found that the competitive tender mechanism regarding the hard coal phase-out in Germany was in line with EU stated rules. We have talked about this decision in our second podcast episode in this series. In the same episode, we had also mentioned Germany's coal exit law, which also deals with the lignite phase-out that we are going to talk about in this podcast episode. Without getting into the details again, suffice it to say that According to such law, the use of coal, including lignite, the so-called brown coal, for the production of electricity is set to phase out by 2038. Just as a little side note in this regard, many might now wonder, 2038, that's very late, also compared to the coal phase-outs in many other states in Europe. Indeed, Portugal, France, the UK, Hungary, Italy and Ireland will phase out by 2025 and uh, the UK actually has now <clears throat> announced even to phase out by 2024, probably to prepare for the climate summit in Glasgow at the end of this year. And Greece, Denmark, Finland, the Netherlands and Slo Slovakia to phase out by 2030. Not to mention Belgium, Austria and Sweden that are already coal-free. Even in Germany, the 2038 date is being criticized for being too late. The Constitutional Court ruled last April that the German state was not doing enough to contain climate change. On that basis, several political parties, not only the Greens, are calling for ending coal before 2038 and possibly by 2030. Let's see how this further develops. But now to the lignite phase out. For lignite, the exit law foresees that the phase-out and the compensation 
are elaborated in the law as well as in the negotiated contract between the German government and the operators. The exit law also envisages a deferred closure mechanism for three lignite installations. The two major producers of lignite-fired electricity in Germany are RWE and LIEG, LIEG standing for Lausitz-Energie-Kraftwerke AG. RWE is the main lignite operator in the Rhineland mining area in North Rhine-Westphalia, and LIEG is the main operator in the Lausitz-Lusatia mining area in the federal states of Saxony and Brandenburg. The agreement entered into between Germany and its two operators to encourage closure of their lignite-fired power plants has been addressed by the opening decision. Germany has thus entered into an agreement with these two operators to compensate them with 4.35 billion euros for, first, foregone profits, as they cannot continue to sell electricity on the market, and, second, additional mine rehabilitation costs resulting from the anticipated closure. According to the German government, the compensation sums are made up together with lost profits and recultivation costs also of a legal disputes waiver. However, it remains unclear to which extent this has been included in the compensation amount. Of the total 4.35 billion euros in compensations, 2.6 billion are earmarked for RWE lignite installations and 1.75 billion for LIAG installations. Remarkably, these compensations would not be affected even in case of a closure of RWE and LIAG installations before the closure dates set in the closure law between 2020 and 2038. Thus, there is no mechanism to adapt the compensations to the actual foregone profits and closure costs, leading to a possible consequential risk of overcompensation. Also, it is not even clear how the foregone profits were calculated in the first place. Pursuant to the opening decision, Germany's choice for a late phase-out, only by 2038, was taken to meet the objective, amongst others, of security of supply. However, it is not explained further in the opening decision what would be the actual risk for security of supply should LIAG and RWE close without compensation at earlier dates. And it is difficult to imagine security of supply concerns in such a scenario, considering that the electricity market in Germany is currently characterized by overcapacity and that there are already several adequacy mechanisms in place. In any event, if postponing the closure of RWE and LIAG lignite installations were needed to ensure security of supply, the Commission should assess whether such measures comply with the specific resource adequacy rules, meaning for capacity mechanisms under the Electricity Market Regulation and Section 3.9 of the Environmental and Energy Aid Guidelines. The Commission made statements last November saying it would look into this, but there is no mention of these investigations in the opening decision. Now to the compensation plan, which is the subject of the Commission's state aid decision. Indeed, Germany's measures to phase out lignite have been notified to the Commission under EU state aid rules. The Commission, after having examined the information supplied by Germany, has decided in March this year to initiate a formal investigation procedure under Article 108, Paragraph 2, TFEU. The Commission's preliminary view, expressed in its decision of March, is that the German measure in favour of RWE and LIEG is likely to constitute state aid 
and that it has doubts that the measure is compatible with the EU state aid rules. The Commission's doubts, in particular, concern the proportionality of the compensation payments for the foregone profits and for the additional mine rehabilitation costs. The Commission, on the one side, doubts that compensating operators for foregone profits reaching very far into the future corresponds to the minimum required and, on the other side, questions the input parameters of the model used by Germany to calculate these profits, including fuel and CO2 costs. With regards to compensation for mine closures, the Commission has doubts about the information received, in particular on the counterfactual scenario used in the case of LIAC. Part of the Commission's doubts, thus, derive from the absence of a transparent calculation method, which makes it unclear how the amounts of the compensations for the closure of the plants and for the rehabilitation costs of the mines were determined and what variables were taken into account. Indeed, stakeholders complained that the contract with the operators was negotiated in secret and made public only at a late stage without indicating how the compensation amounts were calculated. Moreover, the study on additional mine rehabilitation costs was published very late and not only is it outdated, as claimed by the German government itself, but it also seems to be incomplete being based on information asymmetries. In addition, Germany did not reply to interested parties' access to information requests and neither civil society nor market participants had any insight in the negotiation process and were excluded to a much higher extent than they would have been in the case of a full leg legislative process. Without these considerations being legal requirements for Germany, apart maybe when it comes to replying to access to information requests, this silence of the German authorities has been raising suspicions on how the negotiated compensations were actually calculated. Even if it appears that the government has originally thought about a formula, it stepped back and now officially claims that the compensations were simply negotiated with the operators. However, before addressing the specific doubts of the Commission, what did the Commission say about the notion of aid? The Commission preliminarily found that the measure consisting in the closure of RWEs and LIAX lignite installations against compensation constituted state aid within the meaning of Article 107, Paragraph 1 TFEU. This clear finding is different from the Commission's decision on the German tender mechanism for hardcore compensations and on the compensation regarding the Dutch Hamlet plan. Indeed. In these cases, the Commission did not take a final position on whether that measure provided the operator with an advantage over its competitors and thus whether it constituted state aid at all. On this, we had mentioned in our earlier podcast episodes that such approach by the Commission to leave open whether a measure constitutes state aid um, has been challenged by the Dutch government which has based its application for annulment of the Commission's approval decision regarding the state aid granted to the operator of the Hembeck plant on precisely this aspect. This is the pending case T46920 before the General Court. By the way, so far the only development in this case is an order by the General Court of 12 April 2021 with which the General Court rejects the intervention application of Vattenfall, which is the owner of the Hembeck power plant, so the beneficiary of the aid measure in question, 
And that's interesting because you would normally not expect a company like Vattenfall to attempt a procedural step that is clearly inadmissible, such as an intervention in a proceeding between uh, the Commission and the Member State. On this Article 40, paragraph 2, second sentence of the Statute of the Court of Justice is unambiguous, as it states that natural or legal persons shall not intervene in cases between member states and institutions of the Union. And this provision is also applicable to proceedings before the General Court based on Article 53, paragraph 1 of the Statute of the Court of Justice. But now back to the Commission's League Night opening decision. With regards to the aid to be awarded to RWE and BL, on the contrary, the Commission concluded that a selective advantage existed. RWE and LIAG would not have been able to obtain such compensations through a compensation claim before a national court or under normal market conditions. The compensation granted by German to LIAG and RWE, indeed, goes beyond what is provided under German constitutional law through the limitation of the exercise of property rights and the need for compensation. On one side, under German law, Decommissioning without a compensation can be possible in the case of older plants that have already been written off. In such a case, a compensation scheme would have to be provided for those individual installations which, despite the transitional and exceptional arrangements, are faced with an unreasonable economic burden. These, in the Commission's view, would just be a few installations. Differently, under the measure notified to the Commission, more than half of the lignite installations will receive a compensation, and it includes all installations phasing out until the end of 2029 and installations that have amortized their investments, thus installations that are the least likely to be granted a compensation by a German court. On the other side, the Commission considered it very likely that the compensation granted by Germany goes beyond appropriate expropriation compensation that could be justified under German law. Indeed, the compensation amounts that Germany grants to LIAC and RWE with the measure cover turnover and profitability prospects for which German law does not offer protection. Now, speaking of the Commission's doubts, what do they refer to? They only concern the proportionality criterion. This is, however, not surprising. The Commission has announced in its Green Deal investment plan that it will pay particular attention to the proportionality of aid for the closure of coal plants, and it seems indeed to be particularly problematic here. As anticipated, the Commission expressed its doubts that the aid amount to LIAC and RWE is really limited to the minimum needed to incentivize the desired outcome, and that there is no risk of overcompensation. Germany submitted that the compensation amounts would cover part of the operator's foregone profits because the closure law requires them to close down earlier than they would have done otherwise. Germany established the foregone profits of LIEX and RWE's Lignite power plants through a model in which it compared a hypothetical situation without the closure law against the anticipated closure following the adoption of the closure law. Germany's projections are based on various input parameters, including first, the assumption that the RWE installations would have run between 48 and 70 years, and the LIAG installations would have run between 48 and 54 years in the scenario without the closure law. The last LIAG 
and RW installations would have closed in 2061 according to the model used. Second, fuel and CO2 price forecasts published in 2018. And third, specific data and calculations for two lignite plants scheduled for closure. Then, the impact of the closure law was estimated by calculating the net present value, or NPV, of foregone profits. The NPV of the foregone profits and of the compensation amount were both established using a discount rate of 7.5%, which German said was justified by the uncertainties surrounding the future market developments. This baseline scenario has been highly criticized by the Commission for several reasons. First, the Commission has doubts regarding the calculated lifespans, both from a technical and from an economic perspective. In particular, Germany's model would be contradicted by multiple studies considering that in a scenario without the closure law, the last lignite installation would have closed in 2051. The Commission found it is also questionable whether the model sufficiently considered quotes, investment costs for the upgrade of the installations to possibly allow them to reach such long lifespans, close quotes, investments that may also be required to meet mandatory environmental standards. For instance, the German model calculated that RWE's Niederhausen D plant, which closed in late 2020, would have operated at profit for a further 14 years, but without confirming if it complied with the Industrial Emissions Directive and new air quality standards for large combustion plants due to enter into force in August this year. Similarly, the Commission will likely have the same doubts with regards to plants closing until the end of 2021 and until the end of 2025 for potential investment costs resulting from otherwise needed retrofits with regards to respectively NOx and SO2 emissions and mercury emissions. Secondly, the Commission doubts that Germany's reliance on fuel and CO2 price forecasts published in 2018 is adequate, given that the merit order and profit margins for lignite power plants changed dramatically following the CO2 price increases that occurred in 2019. Thus, the model does not seem to incorporate recent climate ambitions agreed at EU level and recent developments in the power sector. We note that CO2 prices are constantly increasing, which aggravates the inconsistencies of companies' forecasts noted by the Commission. Thirdly, the Commission claims that it lacks numerous information to evaluate the validity of the model used by Germany. Indeed, Germany only shared the specific data and calculations for two of the lignite plants scheduled for closure and not for each of them. Moreover, Germany did not share the sensitivities of the model. Without those, the Commission cannot evaluate the impact of the input parameters on the output of the model. Finally, the Commission doubts that the discount rate of 7.5% introduced by Germany to reflect the uncertainties linked to the forecasts is adequate. The Commission questions whether additional correction mechanisms would have to be foreseen to account for such high risks and uncertainties. Germany, together with examining the expected profitability of lignite fire power plants going forward, also examined some additional mine rehabilitation costs the operators face because their lignite installations closed down earlier than in usage. To quantify these additional mine rehabilitation costs, Germany commissioned a study, the Additional Mining Cost Study, which compared the rehabilitation costs of the open cast mines 
without a closure law against the rehabilitation costs resulting from unanticipated closure of the installations. The study finds that early closure would lead to additional costs resulting from the need to adapt the rehabilitation of the mining sites and the additional financing costs resulting from the anticipated use of provisions. The additional costs for RWE were estimated to be between around 1.9 billion and 2.3 billion euros. These costs are way higher than the additional costs for LIAC that were estimated to represent just between 14 and 35 million for the Lausitz mining area and between 1 and 117 million for the Mitteldeutsche mining area. If these additional costs are subtracted from the compensation amounts, which, as we said, corresponded to 2.6 billion euros for RWE and 1.75 billion for LIAC, um, in the case of LIAC, the additional mine rehabilitation costs represent overall a minimal part of the compensation. This seems to suggest that foregone profits are much higher for LIAC than for RWE, but it is not clear why this is the case. The Commission affirms that the additional mine rehabilitation costs could in principle constitute a justification for compensation payments, which, however, is already questionable if considered against the background of the Court of Justice's Hinkley Point C judgment, because relieving mine operators from site rehabilitation costs would relieve them from costs that they would normally have to bear against the polluter pays principle under EU law. Such costs cannot be included in a closure compensation. That said, the Commission at least notes that these alleged additional costs are subject to considerable uncertainties due to the long time horizon and information asymmetries. It requests more evidence on the additional costs and does not suggest that there could be no additional costs, nor does it inquire if covering them with taxpayers' money could go against the polluter pays principle or not. The independent studies cited by third parties, on the contrary, show for instance that there would be no real additional recultivation costs for Lierg's Jensgarten and Balsopsud mines, because those costs would have had to be borne anyway. In any event, we wonder how compensation for the rehabilitation costs of the mines is compatible with Section 55, Paragraph 1, Number 7 of the Federal Mining Act, the Bundesberggesetz which provides that all costs should be borne by the mine's operators, as well as with the polluter pays principle, which implies that a state aid can only be allowed for the remediation of polluted sites when the polluter cannot be held liable for it under union or national law. The state aid guidelines for environmental protection and energy indeed affirm that, quotes, the Commission will consider that aid for contaminated sites can be granted only when the polluter, i.e. the person liable under the law applicable in each member state without prejudice to the Environmental Liability Directive, Directive 2004-35-EC, and other relevant union rules in this matter, is not identified or cannot be held legally liable for financing the remediation in accordance with the polluter pays principle. Close quotes. Finally, the Commission notes that there are a number of criticalities concerning the additional mining costs study. Namely, the study, first, is based on the gradual phase-out of lignite installations as proposed by the German Coal Commission, which differs from the closure dates agreed in the closure law. Thus, the results of the study may have been different 
at an alternative study examining the additional mine rehabilitation costs based on the closure law dates being conducted. Second, for the calculation of the additional mine rehabilitation costs in the Rhineland mining area, it does not consider elements that could significantly influence such costs as the current extraction levels. And thirdly, it does not consider an extension to the mining subsections Mühlrose and Wells of Süd TA2 necessary in order for LIAC to meet its demand in a scenario without the closure law. As said, the opening decision only expresses doubts about the proportionality of the aid measure. In its formal investigation, the Commission will now also have to address the other criteria for the assessment under Article 107.3c TFU, such as the need, appropriateness and incentive effect of the closure compensation. First, the Commission would need to assess whether the aid facilitates the development of an economic activity. Indeed, Article 107, Paragraph 3c TFEU provides expressly that aid to be compatible should facilitate the development of certain economic activities or of certain economic areas. However, if the aid aims at the definitive closure of lignite activities, how can the closure compensations be considered to facilitate the development of the beneficiary's lignite activities? The closure compensations appear to aim at closing, not developing the operator's lignite activities. On this point, I recall that we have already noted in our podcast episode on Germany's article result, how in that decision the reasoning followed by the Commission was not straightforward. The Commission found that the state aid measure facilitated the development of the economic activity of electricity generated from other installations, but did not explain well how it would also facilitate the economic activities of operators of coal-fired power plants. In the case of aid for the closure of the Fessenheim nuclear power, power plant in France, also a decision of March 2021, the Commission likewise pretended that closing the plant would help to develop other energy sources and plant decommissioning activities. The Commission's new draft guidelines on state aid for climate, environmental protection and energy 2022 the so-called CEEAG, seem to adopt the same approach. Indeed, maybe this time the Commission will make it more clear if and how the compensation to RWE and LIAC facilitate the development of their lignite activities and possibly the development of uh, other operators' activities. Should the Commission conclude that the measure aims also at developing renewable energy sources, it should then assess whether it also complies with the specific requirements for A2 renewables under the current EEAG. In addition, the Commission will have to deal with the nature of the closure compensations, which will most likely be considered as operating aid, because they are meant to lower the closure expenditures that LIAC and RWE would have borne in case of a normal business closure. Indeed, the Court of Justice has recently clarified in its Hinckley Point C ruling that operating aid can in principle not be authorized under Article 107 3C TFU. Now, on the incentive effect and the need for the compensations. The Commission will also have to assess whether the aid measure has an incentive effect. In that regard, Germany had not provided relevant information during the preliminary investigation. On the contrary, Reports from third parties have long contended that the closure compensations 
would have no incentive effect for most lignite units that are structurally unprofitable. This appears to be true especially for LIAX units, which were projected to close earlier under business-as-usual scenarios than as scheduled in the closure law. Thus, also the need for the aid measure is uncertain. Third parties have indeed claimed that the lignite plants and associated mines would close by themselves and sooner under market conditions, especially in the light of rising environmental compliance costs and ETS prices. It follows that if the Commission factors climate ambitions and power market developments in the profitability and lifespan assessments of the operators, it would likely conclude that the lignite sector is structurally non-competitive and non-profitable. Now on appropriateness. The opening decision does not explain why Germany's choice to negotiate the compensations with the operators by contract would be more appropriate than a tender between LIAC, RWE, the hard coal plants and the smaller lignite plants. The Commission should investigate whether the preferential treatment of RWE and LIAC is justified by objective criteria. Now on proportionality. The Commission will also have to make sure that the compensations are not disproportionate. Indeed, it appears from an analysis by Ember that the formula for Germany's lignite compensation payments, obtained through an access to information request by Greenpeace to Germany's Ministry of the Economy, uses three key assumptions that lead to a systematic overvaluation of the compensation payments. In particular, those assumptions would be First, electricity and CO2 prices were chosen arbitrarily. Second, it was assumed that no fixed costs would be saved with the early closures. And third, lignite operators are compensated for a period of four to five years after the units close, which is too long. The Öko Institute of Freiburg recommends a maximum of three years. In any event, the German government has claimed that it had not used this formula and instead the payment amounts were the result of a negotiation with the lignite operators. This does nothing but making the whole calculation even less transparent and uncertain. On possible distortion of competition, even if the Commission was to authorize the closure compensations on the ground of Article 173c TFU, it might conclude nevertheless that such compensations distort competition in the internal market to an extent contrary to the common interest. The closure compensations indeed seem to be keeping unviable businesses on the market with significant distortive impact on competition. They are doing so by paying the lignite operators for closing their installations and allowing them to stay afloat for longer thanks to late closure dates and promises of cost recovery. The distortive effect of the measure on competition does not seem to be positively balanced with its environmental benefits. As a matter of fact, enabling and compensating lignited plants to close later than they would abnormally closed hinders the market development of cleaner alternatives. Moreover, the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions achieved with the closure law are also called into question because the German Environmental Ministry has in the meantime suggested a national reduction target of 65% by 2030. If adopted by the German Parliament, this would require a coal phase-out not by 2038, but by 20. To conclude, under the procedure laid down in Article 108, Paragraph 2 TFU, 
The Commission is now assessing Germany's comments and further information provided to understand if the aid is compatible with the internal market. In doing so, the Commission will also consider possible comments by interested parties. Those had until 7 June to submit their comments. The Commission will have to try to adopt the final decision within 18 months from the opening decision. It is thus unlikely that a decision will be adopted before the German federal elections of September this year. Since no aid has been paid to the operators yet, there should not be any recovery order unless, of course, in case of any aid payments before the Commission's final decision, but this would violate Germany's standstill obligation under Article 108, Paragraph 3 TFEU. The outcome of the Commission's investigation on the multi-billion euro payouts to lignite operators for closing their plants will set an example for coal phase-out plants in other member states, as the current ETS prices of 57,65 euro per tonne of CO2 on the 1st of July 2021 make it increasingly costly for coal plants to operate. So, the Commission's decision on the German lignite case will send a clear message either in favour of climate protection or in favour of the fossil energy industry. Indeed. Finally, we do not want to omit mentioning that the new draft revised guidelines on state for climate, environmental protection and energy, published by the Commission on 7 June for consultation, contain a section on aid for the early closure of coal plants. This is different from the Commission's EEAG currently in force. Reading this new section suggests that the Commission borrowed heavily from its coal phase-out decisions regarding the Dutch Amwick plant, the German hardcore tender mechanism, and the German Ignite compensations. So exactly the three decisions that we have been discussing in our little podcast series. That said, differently from the mechanism foreseen under the German coal exit law for the phase-out of Lignite, section 412 of the draft new guidelines provides for a mechanism to adapt, in principle, the compensations for early closure to the actual foregone profits. Indeed, the draft guidelines affirm that, quotes, the closure of the coal, peat and oil shale activities should occur no later than one year from the award of the compensation unless a correction mechanism is in place to update the calculation based on the most recent assumptions. Close quotes. However, as mentioned, the current draft guidelines are still under consultation, so we don't know how they will look like once adopted. With these remarks, we end our third and final FSR podcast episode on the recent European Commission stated decisions regarding the Dutch and German coal phase-out. We hope that you enjoyed listening. Cecilia and I would like to thank you for your attention. Thank you. And goodbye.